0: Welcome Welcome to to the the B B squared podcast.
1: Welcome back to the B squared podcast. It's one of your hosts, Ken Carpenter, alongside
0: Alex Weizen. How we doing, guys? Welcome back to another episode of B-Squared Podcast presented to you by Showcase Sports Media. We got a good episode coming up today. Uh, a lot of big trade moves have been going down recently. We're going to kind of discuss what's going on in baseball, Yep. and then uh, in other news we'll touch up a little on the uh, playoffs in the NFL at the end of our episode.
1: Yes, we will. Just really excited. This is B-Squared history today. To our listeners, we have our first returning guest. His name... is is Jason Ferrari, and he is the head of analytics for the GCU baseball team. Jason, how are we, brother? Uh, I feel great. You know, being
2: a part of history is something I've always wanted to do, and you got to start somewhere. And I think this is the right place to be.
1: This is history at its finest.
0: And you know, another another piece of history today. Today, we just received our first professional athlete follower. Yes, we did. Shout out to our guy, the Mets. It's a pitcher. Right-handed pitcher, but hey, he followed us.
1: No big deal, but we're kind of famous now, so... (laughs) Big time. I mean, take it how you will. Um, But yeah, let's dive into it. So, the MLB, I feel like since the Dodgers won the World Series, had to remind everybody of the World Series champion Dodgers. Since then, there's been really nothing, I feel like, going on until these last few weeks when the Padres made a huge splash and they traded for Blake Snell from the Tampa Bay Rays. And obviously... Um, they had to give up Luis, Luis Patino, Cole Wilcox, Francisco Mejia, um, and Blake Hunt. And Snell has three years of control left on his deal. I want to hear both of your takes on kind of what this means for the Padres. And we're going to get into the next trade afterwards. Um, but Alex, you want to start us off kind of your thoughts on this, then we'll jump to Jason afterwards.
0: Well, uh, first of all, we all knew this Snell was going to... Get traded. We yep. predicted that in our first episode ever. Yes, we did. I was a little bit surprised. He actually ended up in San Diego. I didn't really think it was kind of a. It was a shock. It was just all of a sudden. Oh, Blake Snell and talks to go to San Diego. Yeah. I think it was a really good move by San Diego, considering, obvious. You know, obviously they have Clevenger coming back next year from Tommy John, and you know they got Danielson Lamette and Chris Paddock, but they don't really have an ace, a true ace on their team. So I think that was really huge to go out and get a guy like Blake Snell. I'm curious to see how that goes.
1: Yeah, Jason?
2: Yeah, I think the Padres kind of knew what they needed this offseason because the Dodgers kind of are complete in every sense. Besides, I'd say their one part that they could probably improve on is the bullpen. And Which they been, did. There's been rumors upon that with different guys, but the Padres just knew that Snell was a you know, former Cy Young winner. They have the farm system to pretty much fulfill any trade need that the Rays would want. and. Considering that they really didn't give up their top top prospects, Patino's one of their better pitching prospects, and you know Cole Wilcox just got drafted, so he's got a high potential. And really, I was more surprised uh, that they were willing to give up Mejia and Hunt because of the fact that the Padres have not had the best history with catchers. Yeah, but they still have the ability to go out there, and I think Austin Nola has been really well with them. And Hedges is always a good backup. So in terms of this season. They did really well. And I mean Snell has proven he's an ace type pitcher, and I yep. think the Padres definitely needed him, so that was a solid trade.
1: Yeah, just to kind of top that off on this the Snell topic is you saw how he pitched against the Dodgers in the World Series, right? I mean, he was untouchable in game six until Austin Barnes got a you know little dribbler um, into into center. And I think what, what was it game two that Snell started and he went, you know, really pitched really well until like the fifth. It might have been game one or two, I can't remember But the way he pitched against the Dodgers If he can, you know, if we can extrapolate That into, you know, ten Starts against the Dodgers this year Division games, that's scary Like,
2: Yeah, and I think that was another Huge reason that the Padres did pursue Snell is, you know, even with how good The Dodgers were last year They, went, they saw how well Snell did And I think with how tight the competition Is going to be in that division, I think yeah. Snell was A no-brainer for them
1: Absolutely Jumping into the second big trade. Jason, I know you have thoughts on this as a Chicago Cubs guy. You Darvish traded to the Padres. And along with Darvish, he got his personal catcher, Caratine. um, And the Padres, you of Zach Davies, the starting pitcher. I can't even say that last name. Owen Cassie, Ismael Mena, Reginald Pesciato, and uh, Yison Santana. Darvish as well has three years of control left on his deal. Jason, we're gonna start with you and then go to Alex. I know you have some thoughts on this. As a Cubs guy, I just want to hear you kind of go off on this. Mm-hmm. Darvish to the Padres.
0: First
2: of all, amazing pronunciation on the names. I, I thought know. it was very well done. Hey. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, honestly, when the initial trade rumors came out, you know, I thought the Cubs were gonna to want to get rid of Darvish just to save some money, and the Padres are picking up a good chunk of his contract. So, yes. Yes. in that sense, it's good for the Cubs. I'm a little... I'm not upset, but I think Carantini was definitely a no-brainer to go with Darvish because I mean Darvish put up ridiculous numbers with Carantini. Uh, We do have a young uh, catcher prospect, uh, Miguel Amaya, who's going to come up. So I think he'll be our catcher of the future. And, uh, you know, initially the return was a little underwhelming, but when you look at it, the Cubs are obviously looking to rebuild. Um, Our farm system is not necessarily as high as it should be considering all the guys we drafted are in the bigs or moving on from our team. So there's a lot of young guys that we need. I don't necessarily agree with two shortstops, two outfields. Outfielders, (laughs) considering we drafted Ed Howard in the first round as a high school shortstop. So we technically have three decent prospects at shortstop around the age 17, 18. So, I mean, in terms of developmental, it makes sense that we're looking towards the future, but those guys are not going to be big league ready for another four years. So that's a definite long-term trade. I think we probably could have gotten a little bit more out of it. And I think the problem that the Cubs have especially is now we have three guys in our starting rotation that don't even touch 90 between Alec Mills, Kyle Hendricks, and Zach Davies. Which I think it's good to have pinpoint pitchers, but at the same time, you have to have a good mix of velocity, and we really don't have that right now.
0: First of all, I think it's insane. Not only you go out, you get Snell. Then you get you Darvish. Both have finished top three in Cy Young's. And Snell obviously has gotten a Cy Young. Both of them have three years of control. That's what's huge. You know, you see a lot of these deals for big players. Half the time, they're in their contract year. You know, they're going to be free agents. We saw this with Mookie Betts. We saw this just now with Francisco Lindor, who we'll get into a little bit later. It, it To get two top two pitchers in your rotation with three years left of control is insane to me. Another under-the-radar move, I don't think anyone saw Darvish getting traded until we saw there was talks about him going to San Diego. But San Diego's going to have a nasty rotation, especially when uh, Clevenger comes back.
2: Yeah, I hate to tell you, Kent, but I think the Dodgers' reign as divisional champions could be soon over. Considering the fact that they went out and got Snell and Darvish, Clevenger's out for the year with Tommy John. So next year, you're looking at three potential aces on top of the number one pitching prospect, Mackenzie Gore, who's the ace of the future. Le Mets disgusting. Yep. Their rotation is going to be number one baseball for years to come. It's wow.
1: actually interesting because I was going to say, I was texting Alex about this, and we were kind of comparing the, um, which we will discuss in a second, the Mets lineup if Thor um, comes back versus the Padres lineup and just kind of how elite that lineup could be. Um, we kind of have different thoughts on it. I actually think, um, as much as I hate to say this, I think the Padres... Pitching might, you know slow down the Dodgers a lot this season. We'll see I mean the Dodgers are gonna just go through the rest of the the NL and most of the league just like, you know Clockwork, but the Padres are I thought were the second best team in the MLB actually this year and um, with the way they hit and We beat them. We swept them this year I actually thought the Padres were better than a lot of teams They had better record than most of the other teams, you know better record than the Cubs the Cardinals um, anybody like that, but Darvish. I mean, Darvish had such an unbelievable year. Snell just pitched, you know, like crazy against the Dodgers. We'll have to wait and see. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna hand them the crown. We're the champs. Um, I'm not gonna just hand it to him, but we'll see
0: how it goes. Yeah, we'll, we'll be tight. We'll, we'll get in there later. I think the Dodgers still have another one to two years of the reign uh, in the NL West, but I do think this is definitely gonna be the Dodgers toughest year since we had to go to game 163 against Colorado. I believe it was in 2018. It's not going to be easy, you know, Dodgers guarantee the division this year. But I still think they have one or two more years on top of the West. And
1: to be fair, I think what we won is the last nine years, like, it's... Seven or eight It's I, it was consecutive. Either, yeah, I think it was eight. I'm not exactly that worried because we just won our championship and won the, the West for eight straight years. If somebody else takes it, good for them. I mean, we've had eight years of dominance, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, I'm interested to see. But yeah. Alex, do you want to get into their next big... Um, off-season signing that they just had from uh, I, the, INF. I, <laughs> the know, INF I don't know what that, that means is he's an infielder buddy I'm dyslexic
0: all in the span of two days obviously Snell and Darvish are within 24 hours and then they also go out and sign Ha Seong Kim who's an infielder from the KBO uh, I believe he played for the Heroes I don't remember where they're from he's just expected to be slotted the second base they're going to move Cronenworth to left field, expectedly. I don't know too much about Kim, but they're, they're showing they're making moves, which is insane.
2: Yeah, and supposedly with Kim, he was ranked as the number one international prospect. And obviously, Korean baseball is not as competitive as the Japanese leagues, but he shows a lot of talent. And, you know, he's come out and said directly he wants to win Rookie of the Year. So, wow. I mean, if he oh, has yeah. that motivation and he's good enough,
1: I think he has the lineup
2: behind him that can definitely help him for
1: sure. Now um, I haven't studied his game enough. Is he? Does he have a great glove? Does he have a great bat? Like, what's kind of his skill set coming over to the uh, the bigs?
2: Yeah, I think he he has a strong bat. I think he can play the position well. Um, defensively, he's really good. Uh, I think he's going to be a really solid, probably I would say six bat for them because mm-hmm. the Padres lineup is pretty heavy. Yeah. So I would say stick him around the six seven spot, maybe probably fifth at the highest, but I would say six spot. I think he's just going to be another average guy. Who knows? I yeah. mean, the Padres could have a batting leadoff. It just depends on yeah. what they, their team looks like on opening
0: day. Yeah, he's, he's a guy, he, he can hit upwards of 300 as far as batting average. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got a tough rookie class to compete with for the uh, Rookie of the Year. I mean, he's got I got Sixto Sanchez in Miami. I actually found out Cabrera Hayes is still eligible for the Rookie Year. So if he can do what he did in his short span of last season,
1: Dylan Carlson in St. Louis. Yeah, there's yeah. there's a lot
0: of rookies to compete, but man, he's he's taking a shot right away. So that's kind of cool to see, and exciting. Other big news: Fernando Tatis Jr. is rumored to be in talks on a 13-year, 330 million dollar expansion extension. expansion in San Diego. Exten- extension, extension. Yep. Did I say expansion? Expansion
1: franchise.
0: Sorry, you know it's the concussion. It's hey, my man, bad. I just
1: said I. He's from the INF, so we're we're having <laughs> trouble saying stuff today. I'm having trouble reading. Jason, I was actually talking um, with you about this while we were watching some football this weekend. I thought it was a really good idea because I think Fernando Tatis is probably gonna be the best player in the MLB for the next, you know, a- a- after Mike Trout starts to hit a wall maybe soon. Um, I think Tatis can be the best player in the NL for a while. Um, mm-hmm. But you were talking about,
2: what was, the, what was the word? I think it's more premature.
1: I think the Padres have
2: spent so much money and traded for so many guys. I mean, Snell and Darvish are both really good pitchers, but they're also not cheap. They guy they have guys like Will Myers, Manny Machado, Eric Cosmer. It's a lot of money. Yep. And $330 million, you're gonna have two guys on that team, over three hundred million dollars. You're looking at half a billion over half a billion dollars on two guys. Obviously I think Tatis is gonna be one of the best players in the game, but I think as of right now, it would be a lot smarter for them to kind of ride out arbitration, allow him to kind of earn that contract so they can actually be able to afford you know, bullpen, pitching, and then when guys become free agents, they can't go, they don't have to spend money on like minor league money guys.
0: I, I gotta agree with you on that. I'm, I'm gonna use um, Patrick Mahomes as an example here. He signed, what, a, a 10-year, $500 million yes. contract and extension? It, it could
1: be up to like 580 I think. Yeah, with, uh, with incentives. yeah. Incentive.
0: So, look, Patrick Mahomes is a great player, 100%, no doubt. But after two full seasons, you are making him the highest paid athlete in the history of professional sports. Yes. Tatis is on the same level. Obviously, he's not going to be the highest paid athlete, but he's been in the league for a little more than two years, right? Or one plus.
2: arbitration totals, he's looking around like maybe one and a quarter.
0: Okay, so he he hasn't even played technically. He doesn't have two full years of service in the MLB. And you're going to give him a 13-year deal, basically lock him up for the rest of his career. Who knows is he going to get it? Is he gonna get injured? Is he gonna just start slumping off? Fall off could, he, yeah. could he have had just two years of success? I think it's too early in his career to give him a 13-year deal. You know, maybe a six or seven year is understandable.
2: Yeah, and I think what a lot of teams have done with you know Evan White on the Mariners, Luis Robert on the White Sox, and Acuna. Give him like a six-year deal, $100 million, where it goes through arbitration, and so it's to the point where when he his contract's up, he'll be eligible for a big contract. Yeah. That would make a lot more sense. Or even an extension getting, later. Yeah. On. And he's still getting that money that makes him like big time and everyone wants to see him on Instagram and everything with marketing, but they're not gonna give up their entire bank's
1: bank for this guy. Yeah. Well, what I think is interesting is um, he was not that high of a prospect, command. They didn't nobody projected him to be as good as he was. Nobody projected him to be as good as he was like this season as you know, like the way he's been playing. When they when they traded for him, he wasn't that high of a prospect, correct? Like he was Just to
2: clarify, Tatis was traded for James Shields. Yeah. Like
0: like what?
2: So obviously he was one of those guys where they traded him for him. He was a young international guy. They're like, okay, he has potential to develop and maybe be like a fringe prospect that we can call up if someone gets hurt. No one expected him to be that good obviously they traded James Shields for him Well and that's
1: why I'm like I don't want to necessarily jump the gun on calling this guy, you know, one of the best players or the next uh, based on what I've seen so far. He has the potential. He could totally fall off. He right. could. And that's
2: why like those 300 million dollar contracts, yes, it's to ensure that this guy is going to play with you. Yeah. But there, besides Mike Trout, I really don't think there's going to be a guy who can actually fulfill a full contract. Well, I'll say Mookie Betts. Mookie but Betts, but still, it's like age is a thing, yeah. and you see guys like Miguel Cabrera, Albert Pujols, who have been in the league forever. They're still good,
1: but they're not putting what up that were. kind of money. And I'll bring up, I'll bring up something that Alex will really relate to. Is remember Yasil Puig? When we My thought boy, Puig. we thought Puig was going to be the next big thing, yep. he comes up, and you know everybody thinks he's going to be basically. Babe Ruth, but from Cuba, and he's not. You know what I mean? He falls off. He's not consistent at the plate. Tatis looks like he's got a lot better tools, a lot better head on his shoulders in certain aspects than Puig. Puig was kind of, you know, all over the place, and he'd get himself injured or get himself in bad spots. But I just don't know if it's the right time to jump the gun. People can fall off like quick did.
2: Well, I'll give, I'll give you a prediction because yeah. I feel like we're not giving him enough credit. Okay. I fullheartedly believe Tatis will win an MVP eventually. Yes, I agree. I, agree. I think he will lead the Padres to a World Series championship.
1: Oh, hot take. I don't right think
2: I don't think a 13-year deal is necessary at this time when no. you can mm-hmm. because $330 million is refraining from pretty much signing anyone at this point. So they're going to have to start really relying on their farm system. Well, they're,
0: and they're going to have to win in the next couple of years if they're going to want to win. Yeah.
2: Yes. Well, Very Machado,
1: what, how much does
2: Machado make? 300 $300 on like, the dog.
1: you're It's just unbelievable. You'd be paying 630 to two players. And
2: that's not even considering the fact that Will Myers is a little under 100 and Hosmer is over 100 Darvish and Snell... Together, our little—I think they're right around 150.
0: And I think Machado's maybe got three to four years more of top performance based on how he's been playing. Yeah,
2: last year he went off.
1: I
0: yeah, mean, I think he went like, off. That's no, why. There's th-
2: no reason to necessarily because their offense is at the highest it's been. Yeah, the pitching has been now it's going to be the highest. The rotation is the best in baseball. Let's be real. His
1: first season with San Diego was not ridiculous. ridiculous. Yeah, it was not good though. No, like, he I mean he, he, he was
2: hurt. he was solid but he got hurt. Yes. and that was the main thing.
1: Well, he hit. It, I know. Both him and Harper got big contracts and neither of them really lived up to it in their first seasons. But um, I just think it's interesting.
0: Yeah, definitely will be uh interesting, but let's let's move on to our next team. Obviously, Jason, we mentioned Cubs fan. You guys just traded Darvish. You lost Swarber, obviously he was a smaller piece. You yeah, lost man. him though. You lost to Albert Albert Amora Junior, you lost a couple guys, and now Chris Bryant's on the trade block. So what do you expect to see from the Cubs the next few years?
2: Well, honestly, the trade block is, I don't necessarily take as serious as most people because Brian's been on the trade block since he's gotten up into the league, it seems like. He's always on the trade block. (laughs) I think the Cubs are in a spot right now where they realize that, you know, we had our run. We were hoping for a dynasty, and we just couldn't do it. We got our World Series, and I think that's what we're really looking for. I think with getting rid of Darvish, it kind of shows, like, okay, we need to start making moves for the future because our farm system We have a couple good guys here and there, but we don't have enough considering like the Padres or the Dodgers or the Rays, those kind of farm systems where we just can't compete in the future. So um, I think that Bryant, I think it would be smart for Bryant to go because I think, uh, I mean, I love Bryant. I think he's one of my favorite Cubs in a really long time. But I think the trade value he has, you know, you can get a couple really good guys. And it's one of those things where Bryant hasn't necessarily been as playing as well as he normally uh, is accustomed to, so you're going to have less trade value. But if we can get guys for Bryant that's going to be better than keeping him for the season and then just not being able to sign him and letting him go. Yeah, so that's why I think you know Brian's probably going to go. I think Contreras is, is going to go. I've heard that the Angels are interested, the Angels need a catcher, they and do. Joe Madden's there, so I think that's actually a really good fit. And I'm hoping the Angels, Brandon Marsh, they have an outfield prospect, he's their number yep. one prospect right now. I think that would be really good for the Cubs. Uh, considering we lost Almora and our outfield, well, we lost Almora and Schwaber. Yes. So that Brandon Marsh could be a rookie for us that could be up and playing. So I think the Cubs really should focus on trading Bryant and uh, Contreras for the future. Honestly, I think there's been a talks that they want to extend Baez. I think Baez could be a trade candidate too. I really think the only guy that's safe is Rizzo. And I think even then, Rizzo's still a top five first baseman where it's like, you know, if someone was desperate enough for a first baseman they'd probably be willing to trade for him so
1: the Padres said would they'd give up uh yeah that I mean one, one prospect their farm,
2: their farm system is ridiculous <laughs> so I would not be sad but I, I do think the Cubs are kind of finally realizing that we need to start thinking of the future and yeah you know I think with the divers trade and the young prospects it kind of really came to front it's sad to see because you know I Schwarber was arguably my one of my favorite players and seeing him go to the Nationals it's it's uh, sad, but it's also like you know he'll he'll flourish there, and it's a one-year deal, so it's a it's a value booster because yeah. he didn't really have a good year last year. Yeah. So I think the Cubs are in rebuild mode, and I think the Central is going to be a fairly weak comp- uh, competition it was for a while the, it was because this year, yep. I mean the Reds are kind of in a similar boat, to be honest with you. Yep.
0: Here's here's my question for you. Obviously, Jed Hoyer says that you get there, you guys are still planning on competing this year. There, there's no way that's happening for one, but. How long do you think it's going to be until you guys can put up a decent winning season again? I don't think you guys are going to be in the years of despair like Pittsburgh is right now where they're in their eighth or ninth year of rebuilding and they still don't have any bright future, but how long do you think it's going to be until you see you guys winning again?
2: So I think the NL Central is a unique situation because the Pirates have been rebuilding, their farm system's okay, Uh, they have a couple of decent guys, the you know, I think the Brewers have a really subpar, um, they have a really subpar farm system and their their lineup's not very good. The Reds have a decent farm system and they have guys, but they just can't really find to put it together. And I think the Cardinals are going to be a really big uh, threat. I think with the Cubs and our current farm system uh, status, I think 2024 would be a really logical year to kind of see us back in contention for the I mean really we could be in contention for the division every year because of how weak the Central is right now Yes, but I think realistically 2024 with the young guys that we have coming up and actually being able to
1: produce Yeah, I think it's interesting to look at, at kind of how fast the Cubs have kind of fallen off um, it, it, you know a few years ago 2016 it felt like you had Bryant you had Baez you had Rizzo and Contreras and Schwarber and you guys were Nobody was competing. I mean, the Dodgers took you guys to what, six games or whatever in twenty sixteen or something like that. Yeah, um, I think I think what <laughs> Cubs
2: fans don't realize is offense might win games, but pitching is what wins you championships. Yeah. And the Cubs have not drafted a good first round pitcher in a really long time. And even this year, I you know I've been looking at the mock drafts and. We're, we're projected to get a uh, catcher from Louisville, who well, I'm excited for. It. I think he's going to be good. But you need pitching, and we really don't have
1: pitching right now. Just traded it away, too, to the five drip, Yeah, we so. need
2: pitching, and we got rid of our best. And
0: point, especially, so. you got to look at the fact where, you know, I think a lot of the Central has pitching prospects on their uh, radar for this draft. Obviously, we're going to assume the Pirates are going to draft Kumar Rocker from mm-hmm. Vanderbilt this year. Now, if he can develop... And get up to the big leagues quick. He's going to be an issue for you guys.
2: Yeah, and I'm looking into this year's draft. I think it's a little underwhelming compared to some years. I don't think pitching is as deep as it normally 100%. is. 100. So you're going to have even where the Cubs are at right now, where we made the playoffs. So you're looking at a right around a well, the expanded playoffs. We're looking around. I think our spot 17. I might be wrong, but that time you're still not going to get a franchise pitcher. Yep. The pitching is very weak at this point. So I think this year is not even going to be our year for the pitching. I think we'll get guys probably in the second or third round, maybe some college guys just to kind of speed that pace up. But I think hopefully next year is when we really start to focus on pitching.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, it's going to be kind of strange if they do trade Bryant and all those players to not see them in Cubs uniforms anymore. Yeah. But it'll be about time, you know, it's, kind of time to move on. It's going to
2: be weird seeing Schwarber in a Nats
1: jersey. Oh, I is. think he'll look good, though. Hey, he's Schwarber. He's going to look badass wherever he goes.
0: The, the, the funny thing though is I, I just think, when I'm thinking the Cubs and the NL Central, obviously I think the Cardinals are still good enough where they're going to win the division. Yeah. But the as far as the rest of the NL Central, it's almost going to be like an NFC East type deal where the Cubs could possibly win the division with the sub-500 record.
2: Yeah, I think the division's weak enough where it's, it's a possibility. I hope it doesn't happen, but it, there's a chance.
1: Yeah, it's like the Astros made it this year we're going 29 and 31 like they were not very good and they've made it to the uh, ALCF so Mm -hmm. yeah but um, let's jump into our next topic Steve Cohen continues to make moves for the now mighty Mets Alex dive into a few of the things that have happened with the Mets the big news in the last week
0: yeah so obviously we have them re-sign Stroman to one-year deal which could potentially be huge I believe they, they signed James McCann to go behind the dish yep and then the big one, this this also came out of nowhere. You know, Francisco Lindor, we knew he was going to get traded. The Mets, I don't think I saw coming at all. Francisco Lindor goes to the Mets. What even more shocking, they, they throw in Carlos Carrasco in there, who's a solid three or four starter. So the Mets got Lindor and Carrasco in exchange for Ahmed Rosario, who's a big league shortstop, Andres Jimenez, Josh Wolf, and Isaiah Green. Now Lindor is a free agent after the season, so that could be an issue. But the Mets have already been rumored to be working on a big extension, similar to what Mookie Betts did with the Dodgers last year. Jason, what what are your thoughts on Lindor and Carrasco to the Mets?
2: You know, when I first saw the trade, I kind of figured the Mets were going to go after him. I had it either between the Reds and the Mets, and the Reds don't really seem like they're trying to um, necessarily compete this year. There's been rumors that they're trading guys. I think the trade was decent. I think the Indians probably could have, it's another one of like kind of the Cubs trade where it's, you got two shortstops, uh, Jimenez can work around. I think he'll probably move to second. Most likely Rosario is good, but they're both like league average bats. And yep. I think the young prospects will help them a little bit, but considering now that the Indians have the lowest payroll in
1: baseball by far,
2: and their farm system is, is decent. There's a couple of solid names in there. Uh, I think they probably could have gotten a little more considering of how under the radar Carrasco is and how much it elevates their overall rotation so I think the Mets I think the Mets are gonna be good but I still think they're gonna have a really hard time competing with the Braves
0: yeah speaking speaking to the uh the low payroll I believe it's sitting around 27 million or something like that but there's 26 major leaguers this year I may be off by a couple but around 26 who will be making more money than the entire Indians' payroll this year?
2: I think that's unique, but at the same time, I would watch out for the Indians because they have a lot of money now. So this is true. I think they're going to go after some of the lower-level free agents. I think they're going to go for the guys that you know aren't obviously Trevor Bauer, Springer, Ozuna, those kind of guys, but guys that can produce and actually help them win. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs this year because of that, but I think they're still going to have a decent team.
1: Keegan Hernandez to Cleveland? That honestly I mean, is a possibility. I've heard, I've heard a few rumors. I mean, it'll be interesting, um, especially with them changing their name, trading away their big star. You know, and Carrasco is also a good player for them. They're going to look a lot different with a new name, new players. Um, no Lindor. It's it's interesting because you look at the 2016 World Series, right? It's basically the Cubs versus the Indians. Lindor is the big star on one side. Bryant's really the big star, the MVP on the other side. Those two guys potentially by the time the season starts, Lindor's obviously gone and Bryant might be gone. Would it, Like like four years, I guess five now we're in 2021, five years pass and the stars on those teams are just gone.
0: Yeah, and I believe Roberto Perez is the only player left from that 2016 Indians team.
2: It's crazy. I think Jose Ramirez was on that team. I okay, think it was like one or two guys. Honestly, so yeah, it was, you yeah. might want to watch for his name on the trade rumors. Yeah, because I've like already the heard Indians his Indians yeah. are not going to be very competitive and Ramirez is an MVP caliber player can get a lot and the Indians are looking to rebuild it looks like so you know I think it wouldn't be a terrible option because then you can maybe depending on who you get get a young third baseman and yeah. really start building up that
0: team yeah I've heard rumors that if the Dodgers uh, can't get Turner back there they've explored Bryant and Ramirez yeah. and a couple other guys it would
1: be interesting for sure yeah absolutely um, but uh, here's a question for you guys Number one, what do you expect from the Mets this year with all these new guys that they just picked up? You know, McCann, Lindor, Carrasco. And then where would you rank their rotation? Um, You know, we got DeGrom, who's probably the best pitcher in baseball. Um, I I love Thor, Noah Syndergaard, Carlos Carrasco, Marcus Stroman. And where would both of you rank that in terms of uh, rotations in the league? But first of all, I kind of want to hear both of you guys, how good do you think the Mets can be this year? Alex?
0: I think the Mets are... I think they're they're not going to make a run for the division because the, Bra- the Braves still have such a good team. Okay. Obviously, they need a boost to their pitching a little, but the Braves team is just... They have too many young stars on there where I think the Braves are still going to win the division. The Mets might be making a run within the next couple of years because Steve Cohen has clearly shown he's willing to spend money right away, which I think excites Mets fans. I do think they're going to make a run for the wild card, though. And as far as the rotation, this is kind of what uh, me and Kent were talking about with the Padres rotation. Yep. Syndergaard obviously has been injured the last couple of years. He's recovering from Tommy John surgery, I believe. If he can come back and not even be his original self, if he can be a decent number two guy, I think you can argue for the Mets to have a top five rotation in baseball. Carrasco is an under-the-radar guy. I really loved Carrasco and Cleveland. Strowman has big potential and you know those are those are three four guys who have potential to be elite pitchers. So I I really like the rotation and obviously with the Grom and he has some offense added in his lineup now. They're gonna win more games this year.
2: Yeah, I, I like to kind of agree with you on that. Um I think the Braves are gonna win the division. I think the Mets are gonna make the wild card, but I think they're gonna be in for a rude awakening. I think the wild card is a flip of a coin. Yep. And we'll talk about it later, but my other wildcard team, I think, would really put their money up for them. So I think the Mets are going to be good. I think the Braves still have a lot of young guys that still haven't really fully blossomed yet, and their rotation is, I think, the youngest in baseball. It's one of them. So they have a lot of young, good pitchers. So I think the Mets are going to be a second-place team this year, which Met fans don't hate me, but I think you still can't compete with the Braves. Um, in terms of the rotation, I have them at fourth. I think... The Padres is the best rotation in baseball. I don't think that's really something to argue with right now. Uh, the Dodgers, I think, are number two in my eyes. Uh, and then the Braves. I think the Braves are slightly ahead of them. Um, I'm big on the Nationals, but, you know, Max Scherzer's getting old. Uh, he's kind of uh, digressing a little bit. Patrick Corbin was a little off. And Strasburg's good, but he's always kind of just – he's not like a rotation. He doesn't hold down the rotation. So I think the Mets kind of fit in that four swap. You also have to consider Schinergard's – Coming out of Tommy John, I don't think he's even supposed to start until June or July, so he's not even going to be there to start the season. Carrasco is good, but he's a little older, and Stroman you know, has a line of injury issues. But I think a guy to watch is uh, Robert Gruselman. I think he's a long reliever for them. He could be. A, he started a lot last year. I think he could be a potential fifth starter if they need it. But I think right now the fourth.
1: Okay. Yeah, I, I kind of um, – I was having this argument with – not really argument, just discussion with Alex, and I said I think the Padres are far and away the best um, rotation – and he was making the case for the Mets. I think it's really, especially once Clevenger's back, um, that's kind of, like, let's take Clevenger and Syndergaard out of both lineups. Like, the way they start the year, I still think the Padres are better with Snell, Darvish, um, Lamette, who I think can be a Cy Young competitor um, with the way he pitched this year. He's 27 years old. He's coming off, like, a 208 ERA this year, like like a .855 whip. That's disgusting numbers, especially pitching in a division against the Dodgers and the Giants, who hit well this year. I mean, they were pretty good. They were close to getting a wild-card berth. And, you know, I, I really I see the Padres as the best rotation in baseball, and um, I'm, I'm just looking forward to trying to compete with them this year. It'll be fun. You want a bit of a hot take? Hot take. This, this is a hot, take, hot take, I think I could get them
2: roasted for this one. Okay, we'll see. I think the Padres could have the potential of looking like the 90s Braves rotation. Really? You had Glavin, Maddox, and Smoltz. Obviously, there's not three Hall of Famers, but you have three guys who are aces, plus Mackenzie Gore, who's the ace of the future, and Lamette, who is also an ace of the future, potentially. You have five aces on a rotation. That's unheard of.
1: It's definitely something where I'm looking at this lineup like... Even Paddock. Uh, Paddock's good. Okay, Paddock, I I didn't draft him in fantasy baseball. I picked him up, and he... Gave up like... He's an, he's an inning
2: eater, but really in that rotation, you it's almost like he could be a long reliever and be fine. I think he's going to be that five-starter or four-starter, depending on where they want to slot him. Yeah. He's still pretty good. If that's your worst pitcher in
1: your rotation,
2: you're doing a pretty good
1: job. Yeah, I, I would say, because he began this year as like their number two guy or number one guy. Like I think, I think, he, think started he started as like their one. Night. Yes, he did. He started opening night. That's why I picked him up to see, and then he gave up every basically game he pitched he had like a 5 ERA on the
0: season well, well one of the problems is the Padres started using him as an opener yes yeah. so Padres i believe operate i believe there was a uh, there's a four game series against the Dodgers where he might have he opened two of the games for sure and i think he appeared in three of them yeah. and he was the number one pitcher at the time
1: it's like what are you using him for i i just don't get it But we'll see how it goes. If Paddock's the worst guy in your rotation, whereas he basically started this year as like your best, you're in a good spot. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes.
0: Well, that's going to wrap up part one of this episode of the B Squared Podcast. When we were recording, we kind of went off and almost recorded 90 minutes of content. So we are going to split this episode into two parts, this being the first one. Our second part We will continue the conversation on the baseball offseason move towards free agents that are still available and some possible trade destinations, as well as our predictions for the 2021 MLB standings, including the division winners and wildcard teams of each the American League and the National League. And then we will talk a little football after wildcard weekend just concluded and the division rounds are coming up. So stay tuned for that in the next couple of days. Other than that, be there or be squared.